holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Glory to God, who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Blessings to you on this Trinity Sunday. Now, I know when you woke up this morning, you said to yourself, it's Trinity Sunday. Perhaps I should reflect on the patristic doctrine as articulated in the councils of the first five centuries. Absolutely, Absolutely. amen. (laughs) And so you said to yourself, there is one God who is one in being, substance, and essence, and within the Godhead there are three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father being the fountain of the Godhead, the Son being eternally begotten, and the Holy Spirit eternally proceeding. And the oneness of God must not be emphasized to the point where one loses the distinction of the persons. Neither should the distinction of the persons be emphasized to the point where the one loses the oneness of the Godhead. Now, I know you were all thinking that this morning, but that's not what the sermon's about. Doctrine is important because it it helps us, it helps us to stay within certain boundaries as we move in our, towards a ever-deepening relationship with the living God. It keeps us from wandering too far away. It's like when I tell the girls, you can go outside and play, but stay in the backyard. So I want them to play, I want them to have fun, but I want them to remain within a certain area so that they don't wander too far away. And if they begin wandering too far away, then I'm going to have to put a fence up around the yard. And they're still free to dance and play and run wherever they would like in that yard, and yet the fence will establish the parameters of that area. That's the importance of doctrine. Doctrine tries to keep us on the right path. It keeps us from wandering too far in any one direction. And when persons come along who greatly challenge the essence of doctrine, then the church has to establish the parameters. It's not meant to extinguish the freedom that people have, but to simply keep them on that right path. And so today, we celebrate on Trinity Sunday not so much the doctrine, because as important as the doctrine is, that would be like celebrating the fence around the yard. Right? No, what we celebrate, what is fun for us, is all the joy that we can have within that yard. And if you think of the yard as one's relationship with the living God, it is that that we rejoice in today. It is not about the doctrine, per se, as much as it is about relationship. Relationship with the living God. Now, raise your hand if you believe 
that the goal of Christian life is to get to heaven. But if you do, know that that's the wrong answer. Now, raise your hand if you believe the goal of Christian life is to get to heaven. Wow, that is great. Not a single one of you raised your hand. Amen. Amen. Raise your hand if you believe the, Christ, the goal of the Christian life is to enter into a personal and eternity-changing relationship with the living God. And that's the right answer. Wow, look at that. Look at that. You all understand. You see, it's not about, can I get to heaven? It's about the relationship. Now, when I married Christine... She had a lovely home in Virginia. If the goal in marrying Christine was not to have a relationship with her, but to get into the house, that wouldn't be a very healthy relationship, right? Do you take her? You, it'd be your wife. You betcha. I get a house in Virginia, right? No, I married her because... I wanted to have that relationship with her. And so the goal of the Christian life is not to get into God's house, right, heaven, but to have that relationship with him that is intimate and personal and life-changing and wonderful forever and ever. This is the goal of the Christian life. Now, it's known in the Greek as, does anyone know? No, that, that's, the, that's what comes from it. Yeah, what, what? No, koinonia is close. It's theosis. We're going to talk about koinonia next week. For all of you who said, I want to know about koinonia, come back Sunday, next Sunday. But that's called, it's theosis. That's right. Theosis is in Greek. And what theosis is, is the very goal of our life. It's the very meaning of this life. If you're looking for the meaning of life, here it is. God wants a relationship with you. One that is personal and eternal. And that's what theosis is. It's coming to know God as our Father in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. This is the very goal of our Christian life. So Trinity Sunday is not so much about celebrating a doctrine of the church, as important as that doctrine is, it is a celebration of the relationship that God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, desires to have with you and me. That is the joy of this day. Romans 5, 5. I know you were just thinking, I bet he's going to say Romans 5, 5. Right? Romans 5, 5. God's love, that is the Father's love, has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which he has given to us. Wow. The Father's love has been poured into our hearts. So the Father's love, which is an eternal love, has been poured into our hearts through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Father's love is before all time. The Father's love is eternal. 
The Father's love is unconditional and everlasting. And it's that love that he has poured out into your heart. Right? And every once in a while, if you're feeling like that is emptying, then, you know, say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Pour out that spirit anew. Fill me up. You know when you go into the gas station? How much do you want? Fill her up. Right? So God's love is eternal. In whom do we know the love of God? We know the love of the Father in Jesus Christ, His Son. Jesus is the very heart of the Father given to us. And He opened His heart for us on the cross and poured out His heart, His very life for us. And that love flows into our hearts today through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 4, 12-16, If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. If you have welcomed the Holy Spirit into your heart, then His love is dwelling within you, and now you are in the process of being perfected. His love is being perfected within you. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us. See, we abide in Him. Not before Him, not around Him, not on earth with Him in heaven. We abide in God. God has invited us into His heart. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His own Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we know and believe the love of God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. In him. I mean, what kind of relationship would it be if I said, uh, I love you, and you said, I love you too, and I say, hey, 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 okay, but keep it over there, right? See, no. When we say we love someone, right, we, we go and we hug them, we love them, we share in their life and they share in ours. We take them into our heart and they take us into their heart. Can you imagine the infinite, all-holy, eternal, majestic, uh, omnipresent, omniscient God loves you? personally, and desires to have a relationship with you. Now, I'd ask how many planets are in our solar system, but I know that's very controversial. I uh, am a supporter of Pluto. Pluto's back? Thank you, God. 
I believe that, uh, that Pluto is the ninth planet. Um, but anyway, there are, we, that's only one solar system. Do you know our solar system is one solar system in our galaxy? Does anyone have any idea how many solar systems are in our one galaxy called the, the, uh, the Twinkie? No, the Milky Way. Does anyone know? Billions upon billions of solar systems in our one galaxy. Billions upon billions of suns, stars, planets. Does anyone know how many galaxies there are? Billions upon billions upon billions of galaxies. And the one who created all of that wonder and majesty loves you personally and wants to dwell in your heart. And he doesn't want a little bit of your heart. As I've said before, this is not Joe Namath, Brill Cream, a little dab will do ya. Right? If I say, you know, people always say, Bobby, make room for God in your heart. God doesn't want you to make room for him in your heart. If I said to Christine, I'm going to make room for you in my heart. Oh, yeah, right. Make room for that on your head. That actually hurt what I do for the kingdom here. I, I tell you. He doesn't want you to make room for, your, for him in your heart. He wants your heart. And you know what? He's not asking anything from you that he has not already done. He has given his whole heart, his son Jesus, for you. How intimate is this? John 14, 23, Jesus says, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and we, rather, we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. We think of God's home as somewhere far away, way off in the distance in heaven. And yet, Jesus tells us that God the Father and Jesus through the Holy Spirit desire to have their home in your heart. In your heart. John 10, 14 to 15, 8, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me as the Father knows me and I know the Father. That's intimate. That's personal. And the culmination of all things in Revelation chapter 21, verses uh, 5 through 7, it says, And he who sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the fountain of the water of life without payment. Without payment. It's a gift. He who conquers shall have this heritage. And I will be as God and he shall be my slave. That's not what it says. And I will be his God, and he will be my servant. That's not what it says. 
and I will be his God, and he shall be my child. That's what it says. And he will be my son. And that is, that's the intimate relationship that God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have for us and desire with us. And it's the Holy Spirit now who draws us into the life of Jesus. And it is in Jesus that we come to know God intimately as our Father. Romans 8, 9, and then 13 to 16. You are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So you can't have Christ if you don't have the Holy Spirit. You know, people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Jesus, but I don't go for this Holy Spirit thing. You know, this, this Holy Spirit thing gets a little weird from time to time, right? If you don't have the Spirit, you can't have Christ. If you don't have Christ, you cannot know God intimately as your Father. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. That is, if you live according to your own desires and the ways of this world, you will die because uh, this world is temporal. It is for a time. But God's word is eternal. It is forever. So if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if you have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, you are in Christ, and therefore the Father loves you with the very love he has had for his own Son from all eternity. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are the children of God. Galatians 4, 4-7, When the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, not slaves, not servants, but children of God, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So through God you are no longer slaves, but children, and if children then heirs. All that is God's, God desires to give to you. This is what we celebrate today on Trinity Sunday. The relationship that we have with our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For it is the Holy Spirit who is in the world and within the church and at work within your heart now. It is the Holy Spirit who draws you in to the life of Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus that you become what he is by nature. You become by adoption and grace children of God and heirs with him. 
And it is in Jesus that you can call God personally your Father. On this Father's Day, know that God has revealed Himself as your Father. And He will never forsake you or abandon you. He will always be with you. If you but allow the Spirit of God to dwell within you and be with Jesus, though He is this by nature, be this by grace, the children of God. Glory to God, who has given us salvation in His Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.